Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you are a light warrior, sensitive soul, I have a free light warrior empowerment package for you. It is a package full of lots of gifts, including my very popular clearing and protection spray formula, six chapters of my book as a download, and lots of fast-track your healing classes, absolutely free. So just go to lightwarriorsupport.com. So today is really cool. Today, my guest is Vivian Nantel. She is a 21st century mystic and spiritual guide who overcame, get this, an abusive childhood, deep depression, advanced cancer, and even a brush with death. And how she did that was harnessing the power of yoga and her own spiritual energy. And she just recently published a book called Becoming the Light. Now, now those of you that have been following me <laughs> will know that, that that title immediately attracted me, right, because of the word light. So Becoming the Light, Realize Your True Enlightened Nature. And uh, that was published by Greenleaf Book uh, Group Press uh, in August, actually, not that long ago. So you can get that on Amazon. You can also check out uh, Vivian's uh, page as well as VivianNantel.com, which is V-I-V-A-N-N-E-N-A-N-T-E-L.com. And so let me tell you a little bit more about uh, Vivian. So, you know, she... um, she had this, well, I'll let her tell you about, you know, how she came about going this. But, you know, she has been with uh, some pretty big named, uh, you know, teachers and uh, spiritual gurus in the past. And I can't, unfortunately, pronounce all of their names properly, so just bear with me here. She's been with Sad Guru, the Dalai Lama, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, Yoji Raj Gurunath. Uh, and, of course, she's become a gifted teacher herself. And uh, she's based out of California. She's also a humanitarian speaker, animal advocate, vocalist, uh, has appeared on various different TV talk shows, including Earth Advocate and Bridging Heaven and Earth. Um, and I don't even know about that one. That is so cool. Uh, <laughs> so what we're going to cover today in this uh hour-long interview is, um, you know, how her near-death experience transformed her consciousness. And I know I've heard of a lot of folks that, actually, including even my, um, you know, uh, one of my uh, relatives actually had one of those as well. It's very fascinating how that works. We're going to also learn how she used the powers of yoga and mantras to blast stage three cancer cells right out of her body, how we can all access the divine feminine energy within us, man or woman, how the trance-like state called samadhi creates a vortex of inner power and energy, how to transcend our physical limitations and boundaries to touch the world of spirit, and uh, learning a little bit more about divine sacred love relationship and how to attract it in your life. So if you have a question for Vivian, this is your chance to uh, maybe get some advice, some um, you know, some mentoring. Uh, the number to call in is 818-514-1190. Just hit one. So we know that your hand is up. Again, the number is 818-514-1190. Okay, yes. So remember to hit one uh, so we know that you are on the line and you want to ask a question a little later. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Vivian. Hello, hello. Hello, beautiful Dr. Karen. We're beautiful. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm honored to be here. It's a wonderful introduction. How are you this morning? I'm great. Well, it's an honor to meet you, and uh, we'd Thank love you. to, you know, to hear your wonderful story of uh, transformation. And and I know there's a lot of people out there with, you know, illness and and depression and anxiety and and cancer too. And would love to know how. Tell us a little bit about your story of how this all came about, and then why you decided to write this book. Well, my life uh, has been from untruth to truth and from darkness to light, ignorance to enlightenment. It really has been my journey in this life. And I always was a, a seeker and a light warrior, and I love the way you say that. It's, it's as such a beautiful metaphor. And I was this kind of little girl. I would sit and look at the sky and wonder those existential questions about why am I here, where am I going, what is beyond the blue sky. And uh, I was always seeking and wanting to evolve. I knew there was much more than just the 
the mind and the bones. And uh, I always knew, Dr. Karen, I was going to write a book since I was mm. in my late 20s. Yeah, it was a premonition. Um, uh, I don't know if you would call it a premonition, an inner knowing, I would say. It was very strong when my late 20s. I did not know what it would be, but I knew it was going to be very personal, very intimate, and yet it would be very universal. And um, it took a long time, and I forgot about it. And eventually, um, when I started working on becoming the light, realize you true enlightened nature, that's the subtitle. Uh, it's when I moved here in California after after I, while well, I was recovering from uh, advanced uh, breast cancer, which had already metastasized in my lymph node. And um, and by the way, I wanted to say my name is uh, spell V I V I A N N E V V N. Um, by accident, you you skip one eye. <laughs> Oh, sorry yeah. about that. I also go often by Davy. Davy is my spiritual name. Beautiful. And that's spelled so, D-E-V-I. Your, your V-I-V-I. Yeah, yeah. V-I-V-I-A-N-N-E. And then you got uh, my last name, Nantel, N-E-N-T-E-L dot com. Yes. So I... It was an epic journey to write this book because I had to live it. And um, the master just came in my life without even looking. Yes, uh, Gurunath said Gurunath came first. And, um, you know, you could, when you read the book, it's written as a novel, so it's really captivating as I've been told by uh, many people who have read it and, and the major book reviewer also. And um, it's filled with so much wisdom and timeless um, spiritual knowledge, timeless wisdom after the, you know, many years of walking the spiritual path. I just This has just been flowing through my being. And so it's wrapped around like a spiritual guide. So it's you read it, it's a story. It's like your best friend who's talking, having a conversation with you. And people can relate on a, such a deep level because it's so universal. It's as all the nuances of what it is to be a human being and right. how to tap into our full potential as a human being because... Dr. Karen, most people don't know what is the potential, what we have within ourselves. And, of course, the tours, the, um, the second half of the book, it, it's even more intense and it goes really deeper and more profound into my journey when my kundalini started ascending um, and which will talk more what it means and so I was also with His Holiness the Dalai Lama and His Holiness Sri Sri Ravi Shankar at the Art of Living for almost 10 years. And they are really magnificent master, all, all of them. And then Sadhguru at Isha Foundation. And he's my present uh, spiritual master. Because even though, you know, you always... When you're part of a lineage of master, you know, it always stay like that. So that's that's intense, um, what I've gone through. Mm-hmm. Very intense. It does sound intense. Well, it, you definitely, uh, it feels like you're an ascended master now in human bodied, embodied in this timeline to share some of this wisdom with us. So thank you for your mission and your role. It's so beautiful. Well, it's not something you choose. <laughs> you know, it, things just happen on Ravel naturally and um I mean, I would say I became just well. An you're on the right path, right? So that so whatever you manifested is in alignment with the divine. That's what I like to call it. Um, yeah, it's it's beautiful. 
can you tell us a little bit more? People want to know about your experience with advanced breast cancer because it's sometimes it's really hard for people to believe that one could heal, you know, from something so advanced. So maybe you can share a little bit more about your journey, your body, mind, spirit journey to healing that. Yes, and I definitely love to talk also about trans, um, uh, near-death experience as yes, well. Yes, that too, yes. Yeah. Let's start with the breast cancer, and it's a big one, as we, a lot of us are aware of. There's a huge epidemic of cancer, and it's only growing more and more. And I was hit with advanced breast cancer. That I had the premonition when I was, 47 years old at the time, mm. and I I didn't want to face it. I was just coming back from India after being with Guru Dev, His Holiness Sri Sherry Shankar, and I, I was very sick for many years. I was getting bronchitis, and that would turn into pneumonia, and I could feel, because I have a fibrocystic breast, then it's hard to detect, and uh, even mammograms sometimes could not detect it. They never detected. It was just my own premonition. I knew that I, I had that breast cancer, and uh, I, I could feel it growing like a like a snake going underneath my arm, and I kept postponing because I couldn't find the courage into myself to have to face what I had to face. I would say most people get so caught up, and it's human tendency to fear and to become scared. And yes. if we can overcome that, it's 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 really about breaking boundaries and limitation. And all of those, generally speaking, they are self-imposed. And that's exactly what is enlightenment, too, is to be boundless, to go to the core of who is our ultimate true nature and to get rid of all those accumulation and all this conditioning and brainwashing that we have been grown up with. So one of them is always the fear because human tendency is it's um, fearing. It's very natural. And I've, I always had the great courage, and I, I went, and we were, we were diagnosed. And um, I was terrified of chemotherapy and losing my hair and going through all those barbaric treatments. And I always felt like it was not the right route. And that's when I started working with the Ascended Master more closely. I always had this deep connection with um, and a great reverence for Ascended Master for for a long time. And even when I was a little girl, I think I was eight years old when um, I... I felt the spirit of the Virgin Mary, and I had my first experience with uh, the divine feminine energy when I was in the country. To go back to the cancer journey, at the time my husband was traveling a lot, and he was in complete fear of of what was happening. He was afraid of losing me, and I, I saw it, Dr. Karen, as a spiritual ascension. And it was. Mm. And that's how one has to take it, to have a complete fate to the process. In that moment, in such a major health crisis, as an example, it can be any de- degenerative disease or it could be an infectious disease such as Lyme, which is also a huge epidemic with Lyme disease and life-threatening co-infection from tick-borne, I don't know if you are aware of it, but that's that's huge around the world now, and more people yeah, are definitely. Yes, and um, and it's very serious. Also, what's happening on on that? I'm saying that because I my sister has been very affected with that, and uh, at one mm-hmm. point later on my journey, I was also affected with that. So that night, I will never forget, uh, I was alone, and we we went and looked at different options, and I wanted to do only holistic and work with energy and work with the Ascended Master and the Source, our Creator, 
And but my husband, my ex-husband at the time, he was so concerned and he was putting too much resistance, and I felt like it would not be a healing conducive atmosphere. Because that's important also that the people who are mm. around you, you beloved, are aligned with what you do. Because if they have this kind of energy that really is not conducive for your own healing, it could be very detrimental. Yeah, and that's so, a tough one for many people. Thank you for, for sharing that. It's hard, definitely, especially a spouse, definitely. And it was the case. That was the first because he was putting so much resistance to what I wanted to do. And it took a lot of my energy. I didn't want to turn it into a debate, but it takes a lot of energy from you if you're, you're working on healing yourself and you have someone who is has a loving intention, but nevertheless, uh, it's affecting your own healing process in that sense by sending this kind of uh, vibration. So I decided to do the chemotherapy, but I said I will combine all the other things. And I started doing a lot of very powerful visualization, which I describe in my book, what they are. And they were intense. They were beyond visualization. You know, it was like my whole body was shaking when I was doing those. But I want to say the first time, I'm not going to tell the whole story about what happened with, because it's too poignant, it's too, I always prefer that people read it in the book because to understand from the beginning how it all unfolded, I almost died of an anaphylactic shock reaction to the chemotherapy on the first day. And But before I even discuss a little bit about that, I remember when my ex-husband left and I was left alone that night and I there was a a very powerful, I would not know how to call that ethereal or existential or there is no word to describe what happened. I, I was washing my face and I I was like, I just, it was hitting me very hard, very deep that what I was going to go through was going to be very intense and I could lose my life to this and but also I was very uh, terrified of losing my hair that's after I decided I was going to do chemotherapy combined with all the holistic approach uh, you know Chinese green uh, Chinese tea you know and acupuncture and all the spiritual aspect that I brought into the practice and the mantra and which it comes later on my journey I just collapsed I was screaming and and I something metaphysically happened and I felt this energy coming through it was I was touched by spirit in a very deep way and I just screamed to to our creator and I said why have you forsaken me you know I felt like in a way I was bearing my own cross and I felt this burning sensation all over my being it was like my being my body temple was in fire I just collapsed on the ground and it was um it was so intense and it was in a way, wonderful. I was alone for that to happen. And when I went to bed that night, I just put the blanket over and I felt such a grace over my being, such a warm, loving presence, and I was in complete state of of equanimity, so peaceful and serene, and I knew no matter what, it would be a very beautiful, powerful journey, but it would serve for a higher purpose. And I fell asleep like that. You know, words cannot describe certain experiences. Mm -hmm. And finally, when I went for the chemotherapy, 
when I it was AC they injected, which is the most powerful chemotherapy. When it went into my my blood and it went straight to my heart, it was burning. I could feel it. I asked the nurse right away to slow down the drip. And I when I came back home, I when I passed in front of the mirror in the kitchen and I just got a glimpse of my of my being just by accident, I looked like a ghost. I was like greenish white and I just went to the sofa and then whoops all the symptoms happened like I know my blood pressure uh, was dropping and dropping I mean, I what I experienced there, the agony of the severe anaphylactic shock reaction was was so. I was dying. I don't want to stay. I don't want. I love to share the rest of the story, but it's 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 something so deep and profound. It's better that people read about it because there was something happened there when. I was dying from the anaphylactic shock reaction with Jesus Christ, with the Christ consciousness, the universal light, whatever we call it. But it was His presence, and and I I was supposed to leave my body. What occurred there to be reanimated the way I was was. Um, no word can describe that. So oh, you were so home when, I, when you had this happen? Yes, yeah. And when I tell the story, I, I start crying. You know, of, I not crying, but uh, tears uh, comes in my eyes of of uh, so much gratitude for, mm. for for being here today and to be reanimated the way I was. Yes, I was at home and. Uh, Ian was calling emergency, and the doctor confirmed, the oncologist on staff confirmed I was having a severe anaphylactic shock reaction. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a long story. Yeah, normally and people don't uh, don't make it. Uh, if you're already at home and you have anaphylactic shock, you have minutes to uh to exactly. get resuscitation going otherwise the person dies but obviously you know spirit had other ideas you know what it was spirit was working with whatever choices you made to continue you on your divine path and that's just so amazing definitely Scary, amazing. and the part i'm not <laughs> revealing here it's it's so beautiful and when you read it it will bring some tears to your eyes because like i say it's i'm talking right now i feel <laughs> I feel energy going all through my body. It's it's not something you can talk about in a mundane way. When you read the whole story in depth, what a cure. I mean, we could call it a miracle, but again, miracle happen all the time. It's just people don't see it. I mean, we are walking miracle all the time because we have the inner power within ourselves to work with the source. You know, when we realize our true divine nature, we have access to everything. Ultimate, you know, wisdom, knowledge, all the spiritual CD, you know, CD in in Sanskrit, in the yogic tradition, they're called CD, they're spiritual powers. And we have access to work with, the ascended master and the celestial being and ultimately you know the source our creator and i was definitely not ready to go at the time and what a curious is my call to jesus christ in that moment that i was agonizing mm. because it was during the holy week and i have to say to our listener I'm not a religious person, and I love all religion. I have reverence for all of them, and because within each one of them, at the core essence, there is truth. However, my path has been beyond all those identifications, such as religious yeah. background, socioeconomic, ethnicity, and gender, when you really want to know the truth you are, you have to break free from all of those things. 
and mm. I was brought up as a Catholic. I and I, I, I still have this deep connection. I will always have with Jesus Christ, and and the Virgin Mary is. What I'm trying to say is, when people follow a religion, and they just really are really identifying themselves, thinking that's who they are. The majority of people put themselves in a little box because often religion is very exclusive. It's not inclusive. So when one is looking for truth, for wondering those deep questions and having this longing in one's heart about What's the meaning of life? Why am I here? And wanting to experience lasting happiness and experiencing our true divine nature. I love using the word divine, but ultimately everything is divine in this world because it all comes from the source. It depends how we look at it. So it's it's up to us if we really want to tap into our inner power and but it requires this longing inside of our heart our spirit what i was going to say is most people are not aware that our true nature is such ananda sat which means truth ultimate absolute truth Chit means uh, omnipresent, omnipresence, and omniscient, and ananda is bliss. And so when you are on a spiritual path and you do yogic practices, you really get rid of all the accumulation and all the conditioning that you have accumulated consciously or unconsciously, and you can find this true nature within yourself. So... No matter what you experience around the world, you if you're bombarded by crisis, you can go through the world untouched and feel your your true nature. Mm. So, so how do people access, you know, that energy you're talking, you know, within? Like, how do they access that? I know that yoga is one way, but uh, what what do you describe either in your book or from your experience? Oh, I talk a lot about that in depth, and I go slowly because, you know, like in an interview like that, it's it's hard to discuss that because it's there's a lot of spiritual knowledge involved, and sometimes it's a little bit too much for some people. So that's why the way I wrote the book, it's it's really starting from darkness and how you I. You go on a journey because it can be a spiritual process for people reading this book. Because what I've been told by people, I get email and comment all the time, or even in Facebook, that for people reading the book, this book, it takes them on a journey about their own life. To look mm. back, they become aware of things. It's extremely insightful, extremely empowering. I'll answer your question in just a moment, but I just wanted to finish one last thing that I feel it's it's crucial that I didn't approach uh, regarding the cancer was uh, when I when I was back and I recovered after the anaphylactic shock reaction. I mean, I was for nine hours on the sofa, and finally, Yan picked me up and brought me upstairs in the bed. And it took several days. Then the doctor, you know, there they were. They had been praying, and they were uh, concerned about doing more chemo. And I went back. It's hard to believe, but I went back. I felt like I had. <laughs> Do it. And the doctor didn't want to, and they said, okay, we'll reduce the pre-med first, not the chemo, the pre-med. And that's when I started working. This is what I didn't reveal because it's like 
it's a long story. That's why I'm, I'm kind of jumping. In between that, Gudev was here in America. He came, and I just felt a strong need to go see him. I had written him a small letter, and uh, one of my girlfriend, who was actually the board of director there with the Art of Leaving, she was seeing him and brought it. And I finally, at the last minute, it was like probably like two weeks later after I almost died of an epileptic shock reaction, Ian says, if you feel good enough, you know, go for one day. And it was not far away, so I actually went and I saw him. And it's, you know, it's not easy to see Guru Dev. He has so many millions of followers around the world. And uh, just seeing him, just like, he, he looked at me and he said, you're in trouble? I said, how, how are you doing now? I said, just seeing you, I feel better. And then he walked. And it was uh, a small audience. I was alone with him. And he hmm. finally opened the door and let a few more people come in. It. And he walked, and he suddenly turned, and he looked at my bean, and he said, Oh, you'll be okay. And with that beautiful yeah. smile. And there was some sensation in my being, And I will never forget that night I was laying in bed, and I just heard, your fate has healed you, you know, and I know it sounds mm. religious, but, you know, knowledge, spiritual knowledge or truth, it comes from from so many tradition. And to my being, Jesus Christ, he was, he was a yogi. I mean, he went, it's proven that he went to India, meditated, and he had full you know, spiritual power. He was able to to heal uh, everything we know about Jesus. It's it it describes exactly a being who has completely realized himself to to be one with the source, as he said, one with the Father. And mm. that night, I just knew I would be fine. So that's why. I I knew, I just, it was a deep inner knowing, no matter what. So when I went back home, we finally decided to do the second part. That also, the inner guidance that came was to do chanting mantra. And it was clear, it was very clear what mantra it was. And it was a mantra of protection from my first uh, spiritual master, Yogi Raj Sadgurunad, and it was f- from the great Mahavatar Babaji Gorakshanath, and is very, very well known uh, for thousands and thousands of years. Paramsa Yogananda talks about him in his uh, phenomenal classical book. I don't know if you know of it, or maybe you have read it. Autobiography of a Yogi. Have you heard of that book? Mm, I've heard of it. Yes, I've heard of it. That's that's a great book. It's been around for for so many decades. And so, anyhow, I chanted this mantra, and it's basically a mantra. I didn't realize I was basically calling... Shiva, the Eddie Yogi Shiva, who was the first being who brought the science of yoga here on planet Earth. I know I'm saying a lot now. It might be a little bit too much overwhelming for some because, like I said, when you read the book, I walk you through very slowly and it's easier to understand. So the mantra, I, when I went to the chemo room, it was so clear, the mantra, and I just chanted the mantra on 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 the chemotherapy. And we just did the infusion. Everything went well, and 
nothing happened. No anaphylactic shock. And that was one aspect that I work with mantra. Then I was doing a lot of other mantra uh, through my journey. And like I said, two or three different kind of uh, meditation that which I I go in depth in my in my book. It would take hours to describe everything if we go into that path. So let's go back to your other question. It was what was that? I'm sorry. Oh yeah. So so it was like um, how people can access that uh, uh, what you call the divine feminine energy within, which obviously was very helpful and supportive uh, for your healing journey. So how how can we access that? Is that a, is that through mantra or intention or some other way? There are different ways, and it depends on many, many aspects of each individual. The karmic structure of the individual, so many things. But really access it in a powerful way, and that's... There's so much to talk about it. I'm trying to see how I can say that without confusing our listener. Yogic practices, I'll go straight at the bottom, is yogic practices are, in my experience, are the most powerful, especially Kriya. Kriya means, from Sanskrit, complete action. And it's working with energy. It's working with the breath, pranayama, what we call in the yogic tradition, pranayama. It's ancient. The yogic tradition is so ancient. It dates from thousands and thousands of years, way before India even existed. It was called um, Arya, I think, a different country. And it has been brought down over lineage of ascended master, like I said earlier, from Adi Yogi Shiva was the first one who brought the science of self-realization. You could call it enlightenment or God-realization. It's all the same. And so it was transmitted over so many thousands of years. So Kriya Yoga, to go back to that, if you are initiated by a sad guru, that, in my experience, is the best way because it can it can be activated very fast. It's to awaken the kundalini energy. Let me explain to you a little bit. Kundalini and shakti are very synonymous words, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of misconception about that. And I feel like Parts of it is because, like the word bliss or the word kundalini or shakti, loss is true meaning here in our country. With maybe I'm, I'm not blaming anything, but it's just you know, it's people we start using words and it's used in a inappropriate context, like when you hear kundalini yoga in yoga studio, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's not the powerful, true yogic practices because it can be dangerous if it's not done proper. So kundalini and shakti, like I said, they're synonymous. And shakti basically means just energy. It's force. It means force, Mm -hmm. empowerment. It is literally primal energy that everything exists in this physical realm in the universe because of Shakti, because of energy. And scientists have come to conclusion now that the subparticle, and they look at what is matter, is just pure intelligent energy. And it's beautiful to see now our science and spirituality mean, they meet. I love that. 
Yeah, and they really do. I mean, there are many scientists, they recognize that. The phenomenon of this universe is is beyond beyond words. It's when you look at it and then you can understand. So in the yogic practice, I'll give you a little spiritual knowledge, but like I said, I don't want to give too much because it can be a little overwhelming. But I, since your question is very important and deep, in order for our listener to understand, then I, I have to say those things. So the yogic tradition is the tapestry of the physical realm comes about because of Shakti and from from energy. And the energy is the source. I mean, there is no differentiation. And consciousness, it needs to be there. So consciousness is energy are two. They manifest in the physical world, and that's how everything is created. Everything is Shakti. We could call it whatever we want, um, like in certain tradition in other countries, they call it chi. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. in China, I think they call it chi. In okay. uh, in Japan, they call it ki. Another word that is similar and is also uh, used is prana, life force energy. But when we talk about shakti, it's the ultimate primordial energy, and it's it's viewed by the Maharishi, the great sages from so many thousands of years, as uh, the Divine Mother. They call it the Divine Mother because it's divine feminine energy. That energy is of creating. It embodies all those beautiful qualities of of. And when I mean feminine energy, I'm not referring, and they're not referring, we are, are not referring to the gender because we all have it within ourselves. We all have the masculine energy and the feminine energy. And the journey of self-realization is to balance those two. The ultimate marriage is for that the the shakti the divine feminine energy and the masculine energy what we call in the yogic tradition shiva shiva translated from sanskrit means that which that is not that which that is not means consciousness so when the two mm. merge on top of because in the subtle body and which i talk in depth what is the subtle body with the nadis that we have 72,000 nadis and the chakra we have 114 chakra and there are seven of them that are the major chakra you know from the muladhara at the root um, in which is where kundalini uh, is dormant in most people and as a symbol According to the Maharishi, they always view it as a serpent dorming because it looks like a, a quail dormant there. And we all have that within ourselves. And when that's awake and it peers through all the main seven chakras to the top, the Swasara, which is the 1,000 petal lotus, that's when the true marriage takes place. And... I'm telling you very, very briefly what a cure when you're on the spiritual path, because literally that's what it is. It's turning this assumption of of energy going all the way up and merging with consciousness. So to just resume briefly, this physical realm, what we're experiencing right now is if there would be only just consciousness, we could not see the physical realm. So it takes the two to merge to create that Shiva Shakti. That ultimately. So how do you awaken that? Working with, like I said, doing Kriya Yoga. And I highly recommend, if you're not on the spiritual path, go explore. Because when you explore 
Well, first of all, it takes a lot of openness and receptivity. And I, I would say to our listener, if you are, if you have, if you feel that longing inside of you and you are a seeker, you must embark on the spiritual path. What I mean by that is to be initiated by a set guru. A set guru, it's spelled S-A-T-G-U-R-U. A set guru from the lineage of Ascended Master, they are recognized as true genuine dispeller of darkness. And they transmit Shaktipad, and it's Shaktipad is a transmission of divine feminine energy. And that will activate your kundalini assumption. And through your own self-effort, then through the initiation of the yogic practices, and depending on much sadhana you do, sadhana means doing spiritual practices. And that includes also initiation and certain meditation. Because, but the most, this, I'm just telling you, Dr. Karen, now and to our listener, this is the most powerful way to activate the kundalini. Now, in life, it could happen an individual might go through a huge, major crisis, huge trauma, can naturally activate the kundalini. And that mm-hmm. happened to my being. It is, it's not common, but it can definitely happen. When you are so connected to the source and your longing is so deep, it could certainly happen. And that's what happened to me exactly in that moment when I was telling you, telling you briefly the story, when I look at myself and I was going to lose my hair and and all my eyelashes, my I I was so terrified because when you lose all of this was losing my identification, my gender right. as a female. It was breaking a huge, huge limitation. And I was like collapsing on the ground. I was really breaking free from a huge boundary. And my Kundalini activated in that moment because that fire was burning and something happened and that's exactly what happened. I didn't share it earlier because it's a little complex to explain. And it was, and I was with Gurudev at the time. And my energy was right there in my heart chakra, what we call the Hanahata. And each each time that one major chakra is pierced, the energy is going through that, you experience very different things. And I eventually, when Sadhguru came in my life, one of the greatest blessings, my energy was really already really high, and he just, between my self-effort and my determination and my sense of abandonment, my receptivity, my openness, it happened like in a fury, mm. a huge fury. And then you read in the book all the trance and the samadhi that I go through. And, you know, you hear about those stories, um, and I I felt like very deeply this is something it needs to be shared because as I was writing the book, I was wondering, because some of those things are so sacred that you have to be careful. To And I reserved myself. I didn't share everything. But like going into trance and speaking in different tongues, what we call when kundalini ascends, you go through this whole ascension, one will experience what we call spontaneous kriya. They're spontaneous, meaning you have no control over them. They just happen because you go into such a deep trance and you go into some some state of samadhi, and there are many different kinds of samadhi, and that's another subject. We could write a book on that. And one of the one I would come the most is what we call bhava samadhi. Bhava samadhi is when 
the spirit just take over you. It could be a certain celestial being or a certain ascended master. And when I went into those uh, spontaneous kriya, it's you literally shakti burn purified everything that needs to be purified, demolishing personality. Because personality does not serve us. When you really look at it humbly and, you know, as a witness, when you take distance, you look at what is personality. Personality is just an accumulation of all that we have been conditioned, we have been brainwashed, everything we have accumulated consciously, unconsciously. And that's what also prevents us from experiencing our ultimate nature. So when Shakti comes and Kundalini ascends, it removes, it purifies all of that, including karma from past life. Oh, my God. What I went through for decades, when I was with Gurudev, Dr. Karen, I will never forget. I would... And it can be very painful, too, so, you know, one has to be willing. Because if you're not willing and you're putting resistance, and it's it, it can be common on people who are on the spiritual path, they could come in and out and they come back, because it can be challenging depending on each individual, where they are in their evolution, their karmic structure. For my being, I knew I wanted to get rid of all that because ultimately I just knew it was not who I was. There was such a deep, deep sadness inside of my being from the dysfunction that I had gone through, the tragedy where I lived in my childhood. And I, I would have, the wound was so deep and a lot of it was from my past life too. And when I was with Gurudev, when I was initiated in my first Kriya, uh, I had, oh my God, I had a lot of vision of my past life. And I was living in India. And for years with Gurudev, I would go into explosion of mourning and grieving for hours and hyperventilating, and and I did not know why. I had no idea. It was just the garbage coming out. Mm. Wow, that's intense. So, you know, this whole spiritual path, some people think, oh, it's all love and it's light, and, you know, but (laughs) many times uh, those, especially what I call healing types threes and fours, which have a higher level of responsibility like you, are uh, that, you know, of those higher types, um, sometimes have to go through really difficult things to help others. Absolutely. It's often, it's very necessary. But again, like I emphasize, it depends on the individual, what is their karmic structure, where they are on their evolutionary path, because we all are different. I had huge karma. I had such a load of karma. And when I mean karma, I want to make sure our listeners understand, because a lot of people think karma is very misunderstood. Mm-hmm, Often mm-hmm. I say, just forget about the word karma. Just think in terms of laws of the universe. There is cause and effect. That's one of the... We all rule by certain rules. Law. Not rules, but law. The law of causation, of cause and effect. So if you think of it, it's karma. It's just memory. It's the memory. In the in, in the yogic tradition... There is a word called samskara. Samskara means impression. So all of us in our body temple, we have impression of our past life. We carry within our subtle body, and that's how we, the karma, even we shed the body and we incarnate, there is still some trace, memory of past life in the samskara. And memory also means cause and effect of this lifetime. A lot of people, what they experience also is their own 
right now in this moment of this lifetime, their karmic structure of what what's happening in their life. Even collectively, we have a karma and collective consciousness. And I yeah, always go yeah. back. To, yeah, like for instance, global warming is a perfect example. I mean, no one can deny that. It's hard to deny it. I mean, look today how many how many years it took to bring about this situation where we are today. It did not happen overnight. We all did it. We all part of it, one way or the other. We coll- we collectively con- contributed to this manifestation of global warming today. How long did it take? We do, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not a scientist, but probably hundreds of years before yeah, we I'm brought it. 25,000. <laughs> yeah, maybe, probably, yeah. I hear there's so a cycle about 25,000. <laughs> yes, so it's a perfect example of uh, of collective karmic of what's happening. So what's so incredible about Kundalini Ascension and the spiritual, the yogic spiritual path is that when Shakti comes, again, just remember Shakti is not uh, an entity per se, it's divine energy, divine feminine energy. Again, going back, energy and sense of of those quality that it brings of creating, and nurturing, loving, all of that. Masculine energy, and it's necessary, both of them, and I want to emphasize that both of them are necessary too in, in, the, in the physical realm. Masculine energy uh, has the quality of destruction, and it's important too because yeah. it's needed. Look at nature, right? Things. I'm sorry? Yeah, just look at nature. I mean... You know, there's there's the seasons, things die, you know, things re- are reborn. That's that whole nature cycle of life, the yin exactly. and the yang in Chinese medicine. Yeah, that's, you see, the, the, exactly what you just say is like that, yin and yang, and they've become, they are one, because when they're in perfect balance, they are one. So what we see in the universe on the uh, um microscopic it's what needs to happen within our being in the microscopic because we and that's what yoga is about is aligning yourself with the geometry of the universe because there's everything is geometry and in mm-hmm. the in the yogic tradition there is geometry and when you fully align with the universe you are one with the universe, and that's what it's experiencing. Enlightenment, experiencing you all, you, you, you true nature is, is to be one with the whole of existence, and it's it's a phenomenal state to be in because it's a sense of um, elevation, a sense of lightness. There is no boundary anymore. It's. You can't really put it into words because most individuals don't experience that. They don't even know it exists, that you, we have that potential. So to conclude on, on what you was your question, because it's a long, long um, subject and there's such a depth in it, is, like I said, there's different paths. If you just meditate, literally there is two paths. Ultimately, there is two paths. One path is samadhi, the path of samadhi. And the other path is, I forgot the word in Sanskrit, it doesn't matter, but it means of awareness, of mindfulness. So depending on your temperament, depending the kind of person you feel, for some are not in a hurry. Just having going on the path of mindfulness, it's a slower path. They meditate only. They don't do Kriya Yoga, meaning doing some being initiated by a sad guru and 
practicing daily Kriya Yoga, powerful ancient yoga. I'm not referring to a yoga studio, which it serves a purpose. I mean, they're wonderful yoga studio, the Hatha Yoga classes. And that's why I want to differentiate. Also, in yoga, there are seven limbs of yoga. Hatha Yoga is one, Bhakti Yoga is one, Raj Yoga, Kriya Yoga. So the right concoction of of yoga for each person is essential because each individual is different. And depending on the kind of being that you are, if, and like I said earlier, if your longing is deep and you say, hey, I want things to happen now, then the path of samadhi would be the one for you. Mm, beautiful. Well, I know we're running out of time. Actually, we're a little over, but we, we have an extra few minutes that we can uh, share. There was one question that I feel intuitively that people want to ask, although they didn't put their hand up for this, was just when you were talking about you know having that um, amazing breakthrough uh, after your anaphylactic shock and then you know the Kundalini awakening and having that faith that you were going to be okay, you know, that you were going to heal. Um, one of the questions that come up is, like, why did you then do the next chemo uh, if you knew you had faith that you were going to heal? Now, my answer to that would be that you had to somehow, um, you know, it's part of your path to prove to us that, that you can change your reaction to chemo to um, whatever people choose to do, whether it be chemo or not, neither is right or wrong. So that was just my you know, sense of it and guess of it. But I know that question is burning in people's minds, so I thought I'd share that with you before we end for today. Absolutely. I know it was an inner knowing I had to do it. Mm. How do you describe an inner knowing? There is I had to do it. It was the guidance. It was very clear clarity, you know. Enlightenment is also see things as they are and have um, that clarity. The clarity is with the intuition, the, the 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 guidance that I had to work with the mantra exactly to show that you're we're capable, we can do all of those things. But again, it's not us; it's it's, it's spirit through us. But right. But when you become fully enlightened, then there is no I, there is you. On the relative uh, truth, there is an entity or being, but absolute truth, you are one with, with the creator. And so, as I said earlier, we can do all of those things. And But I do, this, I do talk about that more and more in depth because... Becoming the Light is a 450-pages book. Originally, it was 850. Oh, my it was gosh. A don- <laughs> Thicker yeah. than mine. It was, <laughs> my thought was my own thing. It took, it's a pick. I, I took 10 years to bring it to the world. I spent the last three years to bring it down to where it is today without losing its essence. And, um, but, You'll understand when you read it and then you go through the story. And, and so, but it's unfortunate because, yeah, like I said, it, there's so much to to talk about because I have, my life has been so extraordinary what I have uh, lived. We never talked about the uh, near-death experience I had uh, when I attempted to commit suicide and when I was found in a coma, blue, exfusiating five days later and how I came back that's that what I experienced the divine presence of spirit wow wow I was 33 years old at the time and that's where I start the story Mm, and also the plane crash with Alaska Airline 261 that was you were in a plane crash I was not, but I was supposed to be on it. And Ah. right from an hour difference, an hour and a half difference from one flight to the other. It's another long story. (laughs) Yes. And how it affected my awareness. There is such a thing in the yoga tradition. We have like a veil. 
each entity we have a, a metaphysical veil that it's protecting our entity that it's like an illusion of separation but when right. we pierce that veil that's the biggest boundary and that's what occurred to me when I was involved with the Alaska plane crash 261 and that was that was a phenomenal story. That was just before I was uh, hit with cancer. Mm, mm, yeah, wow. I'm not telling this now because it would take some time. To, yeah, to talk. <laughs> well, people can read it in your in your book. Let's just say uh, we'll talk about uh, where people can connect with you and uh, the becoming the light. Realize your true enlightened nature is available in bookstores, right? And Amazon and Barnes and Noble online. Um, and also uh, through your website, which we will spell properly this time again. <laughs> so uh, uh, V I V A, sorry, V I V I A N N E N A N T E L dot com. I don't know why I want to miss that second I there, but <laughs> Viviananta dot com, and people can connect with you there, learn more about you and your book and what you do, and. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your beautiful life with us. Oh, the honor is mine. And it's beautiful. And uh, I love the work you do, Dr. Karen. And I was looking at your website, and it's so beautiful. And we need more light warrior. <laughs> On the planet, we need more enlightened being because all together, and that's one aspect I talk about in my book, um, for so many centuries, the mindset of the patriarchal system has been too strong. That energy is too strong on our mm. planet. We need to bring more divine feminine energy and more light to... Um, to move on for not only for the survival of our planet, but to thrive and to live in, in harmony among all of us. So we need a lot more enlightened being on the planet. So please embark on the spiritual path, and you will be very inspiring, empowered, and uplifted reading Becoming the Light. And so I hope to come back to your show again, maybe in the future. When I hope you will read the book, Dr. Karen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love it. I love it. So I want to also thank all of our listeners for today's show. And again, uh, check out Vivian's book uh, and also her website to learn more about her and uh, the way that, uh, that she, her path, and I'm sure it will inspire you. So we got to run, everybody. Lots of love. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you so much. Blessing to everyone and to you, Blessing. Dr. Karen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Much, much love. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.